Hey there. So glad to see you all by faith here. So thankful. Uh, thank you for tuning into this broadcast. And uh, together, let's go ahead and nourish, feed our faith today by God's Word. And together, let's go to Him in faith, asking Him for His help. Would you do that with me? Praise God. Thank you. I appreciate your faith. Father, we come to you and we're asking together that you would help us. Help us to see and to hear and to know what is your will and your way for us today. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. He is our teacher. Thank you for his ministry in showing us and in leading us and in guiding us into all truth, Father. And Father, we're asking together that as we go out from here, you would, yes, sir, abound towards us with your grace, that we would not just be hearers of these words, but doers of your will and your way. And as you said in your word, we'd be blessed in what we do. Thank you for it, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, something that's been on my heart in these days has been this topic of humility. And when you're talking about humility, you're talking about another uh, big key word, which is pride. Pride. And um, there are many resources that, that are good in this regard. One of the great resources I would encourage you is that if you go to the website more with two O's, morelife.org, you'll find there is a, uh, a library on there. You can search out for the series Humility. And it's actually a message that was uh, from back, a three-part message from back in 1999 at Eagle Mountain International Church there in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, Texas. And um, Newark, Texas is actually, but, but you'll find wonderful ministry and it will feed your faith in this area. And uh, the reason why the Lord led me to this, He was showing me that this is a key principle in prosperity. Prosperity is, is part of the scriptures that uh, has so changed our lives, my wife tomorrow and I, and we have been so blessed by knowing that God is uh, okay with you doing well, e even in your finances, that you don't have to assign yourself to a life of poverty in order to be pleasing to God and in order to uh, do something for Him in this life. And uh, that is good news because there's many that believe if they're going to do something for God, then they're going to have to accept poverty. But that's not necessarily the case, and there's not scripture that, that would constitute that. So it was so good, and there are people in our lives, elders of ours, that um, when I saw what God was doing through them, and when I heard the word in some of these respect, faith for finances... This is something an elder of our faith, Kenneth E. Hagin, the Lord showed him how to have faith for finances. And these kinds of things, I know Keith and Phyllis Moore, pastors of ours for years, that when, when we got amongst these ministries, I um, started getting excited more about ministry, excited more about giving, excited about doing for God and our part in the kingdom. And that is something that you'd think is everywhere. You would you would hope to be in all places, but if we were even to look at a good place for this is Habakkuk. 
And one of the things that God's people were saying was that it's vain to serve God. It's useless. What's the point? What's the point of going to church? What's the point of helping out there? What's the point? And um, that is something that people may not say it openly. Many may. But uh, this is something that if not said outwardly, a lot of people have said it in their heart. And they've thought, well, what's the point? What's the use of training for ministry? What's the use of being a minister? What's the use of being a help in the church? What's the use? What's the point? And this is why many have been unsuccessful. Because to them, ministry, the kingdom of God, has not meant much to them. And this is where I found myself, that even though I thought, I sensed inside I had a call to do ministry, I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. It did not appeal to me at all. And the prosperity message really helped appeal to me that God's kingdom was important, that His uh, will and way going forth was the most important in this life. As I started seeing that more and more, I started seeing that we were so helped by knowing that God will bless you, that God will increase you, that God will make you successful in what you do. And it made so many people mad. I saw so many people, we had people that were close to us that, you know, didn't want anything to do with you because you believe in this, that, that God wants you to be successful, wants you to be blessed. And I saw so many people hurt by it. And don't get me wrong, I know people have misused the good news of prosperity. I know that it's not the only aspect of the good news. But I do also know that there's so many people this is their life. They spend all their time and energy getting a, an income. They work and put all this time into this company and so that they can get something back. And so much of their life is around finances. And yet so much in the church is not talking about it and unwilling to. Doesn't want to spend any time. I'm not persecuted. I'm not saying anything against anybody. You, you got to do what God tells you to do. But I wanted to see it right. I wanted to see prosperity in the right way. And over the course of days, over the course of years, God was showing me more and more and more. And it surprised me that one of the big things I found was right here in Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verse 4. And this is where God had really shown me that this was how one finds a prosperous life. How one will find... Now, there is the scriptures, and we may go to it in time to come, but God said that there were those that had much things and yet were not rich towards God. So you and I can have a bunch of possessions, a bunch of resources in this earth, and God look at our life and say, man, they are poor. They are lacking. Why? Because prosperity goes to the spirit, to the soul, goes to wellness and well-being. I mean, you could have all the money in the bank and not be able to get out of your bed. What good is that? Right? Prosperity is a full, it's a wholeness. And it's it being an abundant nature in every area of life. You're not wondering what God's will is. You got more than enough spiritual food. You know, you're not up and down and all around because you, your mind is sound, right? You have a sound mind. You have the mind of Christ. And you can have things come against you that are hard and it doesn't move you because you're not just led by an emotion. 
And you can be that way in your body. You know, your body's well taken care of. You have plenty of good food and your diet's well. And God blesses you in every area of life. This is a prosperous life. Many would be prosperous if they didn't die young and wrong, right? If you just lived another 20 years, you'd have a lot more to work with, wouldn't you? So, I wanted to see it. Now, here in 22 verse 4, the scriptures say this. They say, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Now, if it was wrong for one to be rich, then this scripture is going contrary to it. Because it's telling us that if one would humble themselves and reverentially fear God, that they would find riches and they would find honor and they would find life. This is the most valuable lifestyle you can find is a lifestyle of humility. It's a lifestyle of reverence for God. That His things are so important to us, so valuable to us, that we won't let anything else come above it and come before it. And um, let's go together. Let's go to 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter. I want to build on this principle of the humility and the riches. We'll find them hand in hand, together throughout the verses. 1 Timothy 6, we're going to look at verse 17. Thank you, Lord. Do you want to know about prosperity? Let's hear that. Do you want to know what God says and what His will is regarding Him prospering you? Regarding there's so many people been out of work in this time they may not realize how important it is to feed their faith on finances feed their faith on what God's will is about finances and they may think when they hear pride and humility that this has nothing to do with it this has everything to do with you and I prospering materially it comes to this matter of humility and so here in 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, we find this verse says, Charge them, right? You could say command them that are what? Charge them that are rich, and just in case we get misled and believe other men's ideas, in this world. Well, what is it going to tell us? Get rid of all the riches because you can't be rich, right? Let's keep reading. Charge them, command them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. Well, that doesn't say anything about just get rid of all the riches. right? If it was sin to be rich, it would correct it right here. Now, it had already talked about men that trusted in riches in this very chapter. For time's sake, we won't go through it, but read it for yourself. You'll see that. The issue when it comes to money is does it have our heart or not? Am I trusting in the riches or am I trusting in God? Because if I'm trusting in Him, the riches aren't an issue. They don't have my heart. They don't control me. And so here he says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. There it is, trusting. But in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. 
Is that true or isn't it? You and I have to determine. Does that go with other scriptures? Does God richly give us all to enjoy? Is that His will? And if it is, what is it connected to? Charge them that they be not high-minded. Pride, and you'll find if you check out those resources, that pride is one of the biggest areas that's connected to your and my carnal nature, which is our flesh. You and I, when we get born again, our spirit is made brand new, recreated. But we have the old mind that has to be renewed. And we have the same body that wants to do the same things it's been doing for all those years. And if we let our body do what it wants to do, we will have a rough life. And we're going to have to learn how to renew the mind and put the body in its place. And pride is one of those areas that we're going to have to learn to resist pride and yield to humility. Go with me, if you will, to Matthew Hallelujah. Matthew 11. Thank you, Lord. Did we get everything? Yes, sir. Okay. Matthew 11. I want to say verse 33. I'm going to catch up with you here. Matthew 11. That does not look... Oh, I'm... That's not it, huh? I'm, I'm getting... It, there's not 33 verses. Yeah. Verse 28. Hallelujah. And we're going to go through verse 30. Those that are doing our scriptures are shaking their head at me. Nope, that's not it. That's not it. Okay. Aren't you glad we have, hallelujah, the best help? Thank you, Lord. So here in verse 28 it says, now this is Jesus speaking. Some of you may have words in red. I know I do here. And he is saying to us, come to me. Is Jesus our master? Is he our Lord? What is our Lord telling us right now? Come to me. Come to me. Why? Well, before we get to why, who? All you that labor and are heavy laden. Come, come here. He's been watching you work all that you've been doing. Come here. Come here. Who, me? Yeah, you. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Why? You've been working hard. You've been laboring much. I want to do what? I want to give you rest. Will you come here and let me give you some rest, Jesus is saying? Let me give you some rest. Come here. And he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, the yoke for oxen in those days, they would couple you together. So there'd be one oxen here and an oxen here. And the yoke is going over top of them. To couple them together. Jesus is going come here. Come couple yourself with me. Come here. I want you to come right by my side. Come here. Put my yoke on you. Come do it with me. Come work with me. Come work my way. Come on my way. And he's saying take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For I am what? I am meek. And lowly. In heart, and you shall, there's fruit that's involved with this. You shall find what? Rest to your souls. 
many the soul has to do with the mind and the emotions and your and my will many they have found no rest in their soul today because of all that's going on in the news because of all that's going on around them and they find how much no rest and what's jesus saying come here step into my office come here come here take my yoke on you learn of me because i'm not hard like that learn of me come do it with me come do it my way i'm meek i'm lowly of heart i want you to find rest rest to your soul hallelujah and you and i can do this right now and in these days take a deep breath say jesus i come teach me let me learn teach me hallelujah and he says this he doesn't stop there he says for my yoke is easy and my burden is light many have said you know as soon as i started following god i, I went all in and all hell broke loose man is it hard you'll hear more people give a yes and amen on man the ministry's hard oh it's hard oh it's rough. Oh, you don't want to get in the ministry. Oh, my ministry? Don't even think. No, not worth it. Not. You have a lot more people go, yeah, man, ministry's hard. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. You have a lot of people, yes and amen on that. But Jesus said what? I'm looking at it right now. You look at it there. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This will make people mad. Because they've been doing it the hard way. And so you coming along, I coming along and saying, you know what? It's easy. It's light. We enjoy it. It's fun. Thank you, Lord. It's work. But hey, best work to do. And they go, mm -hmm. why? Because they've been doing it hard the last 20 years. They don't want to hear you coming along talking about it's easy and light. Right? Because then I have to be honest if that's me and say, I've been missing it for 20 years. It could have been easier than it's been. It's been harder than it had to be. And if I would simply repent and adjust, it wouldn't have to be this hard. People don't like to get honest a lot of the time. We have to humble ourselves to be honest. Thank you, Father. Let's look here. So we see Jesus is here wanting to teach us today how to humble ourselves, how to find a restful lifestyle. What do you think? You up for the task? You want to learn? I do. I want to learn. Will you learn with me? I'm, I'm listening in for you. You want to learn how to live like Jesus? You want to learn how to find riches and honor and life in these days, in this earth? I do. How about you? Praise God. Let's go together to 1 Peter, the 5th chapter. 1 Peter 5. Well, I sense the Lord does not want us going there yet. Oh, I want to go there. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Psalm 2. Let's go to Psalm 2. Yes, sir. I pray you'll come back 
there's certain things you just don't get. I don't get overnight. We don't get by one message, by one meeting. Paul, in fact, he, he was talking to the churches and he said that he was coming a third time. And this is where we find what's so quoted by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. Well, he was saying, I've been here twice already. I'm going to come back again. So he's telling them some of the same things over and over. It's good for us. He said, you know, it's, it's not hurting me and it's needful for you, he told them. Do we need to hear some of the same things over and over and over? Yes. Yes. Why? Because you didn't get it yet. The flesh, pride, likes to think, I heard it, I know it, move forward, go on. I don't need to hear any more about that. Humility, humility is wonderful. Humility will ask, you'll find this, God is as humble as it gets. Love himself is as humble as it gets. Check it out for yourself. Look at Genesis and find out what does God do when he already knows that Adam and Eve have sinned and ate of the tree which he commanded them not to eat of. What does he do? He storms in, he says, Adam, Eve, y'all lazy, no good. You ate the fruit. No, he doesn't say that. He asks them a question. He said, did you eat of the tree that I commanded you not to eat of? He knew they already ate it. Humility will ask a question even when it thinks it knows the answer. This is how God responds. And if you and I are going to be led and learn to be like Jesus, this is how you and I will respond. Instead of coming in, Knowing it, seemingly knowing it already, we'll still ask the question. We'll still give a chance for them to give account. Now let's look here in Psalm 2. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 2. And it says here in the first verse, which should be, if you turn on the news, you should see this right here, right now. And the... The psalmist David, being led by the Spirit of God, says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Without getting political, is there a vision for the United States right now that people are producing? Is there a vision for other nations right now that people are producing? So much so, they are enraged. Enraged. Fighting obstructing, rebelling, resisting. Why? It's got to change. We need change. We got this vision right here and we're going this way. We're going to do it. And if you don't want part in it, get out the way. We're doing it, right? Raging and imagining a useless thing. There are things that people are trying to get in practice today that have already been tried many times before, was unsuccessful before, somehow uselessly People are imagining it's going to work out well this time. It's never worked, and it, it won't work. Again, not political. This is a very spiritual matter here. And these people, heathen, raging, imagining a useless, a vain thing. The second verse says, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. So these leaders are getting together having a council, talking amongst each other. What are they talking about? Let's continue. It says they're, they're counseling together against the Lord and against 
his anointed. This is against God and against those who are gods. This is why in so many places God has been taken out. No more prayer is allowed in there. No more are we to say, in God we trust. No, no, that's offensive. Let's take that out. I'm saying something that's been going on for many years. People want to remove God, but want that which is God's. Want our place to be blessed. Want our place to be successful, but no, take the God part out. Without the God, there is no blessing. Without His way, there is no prosperous, no prosperity. If any nation has been prosperous, it's because it's in God they trust. It's the only way. It's the only way. You'll find this in Proverbs 3, verse 5. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Right? When you and I trust in God, then what is God's can flow through. But if we're resisting and we're rebelling, it doesn't matter how open He is with what is His. We are not open to take it, to receive it. And so let's continue. They're counseling together and they are against God and against those who are God's, against His anointed. And they're saying this, let us break their bands asunder. The Amplified says, let us break their bands of restraint. They're restraining us. Oh man, they got us locked up. Can't do anything with these church and God people around. Can't do a thing. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. We don't want to be controlled by them. You know, it's amazing that when revivals, great moves of God came in, there were things of the world that completely went to nothing. There were bars that were left. No more business. No one's coming to drink. They're all full of God. They actually turned a lot of those bars into places to preach. Come and worship God. Where? Oh, that parlor. Oh, you mean that place we drank last month? Yeah, yeah, that place. Oh, man, they, they were worshiping God in those places. Completely turned the world upside down. And this is what God will do time and again if we what? Yield to Him. If He's able to have His place, if we're not counseling and rebelling against Him and His, He can do this. And so it says, He that sits in the heavens shall what? shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. God is looking over those that are rebelling against Him, resisting Him and those that are His, and He's laughing. It, this word derision is like to mock. It's When we looked into it, it's like uh, speaking of someone who's a foreigner. It's different from you, so much so that you'll laugh at it a little bit. And he's laughing at these. <laughs> I think some would be surprised to know God's been laughing at them. Now this is not, not mean-spirited. This is love himself laughing. Well, what? He's made it readily available. The right way. The prosperous way. And they keep going, I don't want it. I don't want it. Get that out of here. Get them out of here. I don't want it. I don't want it. What's left for him to do? 
in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. God's not going to stop enjoying because some no good silly person don't want what is good in his. He's going to keep going. He's going to keep enjoying. And those who will receive it, it'll be there open. And he'll gladly give it. He richly gives us all things to what? Enjoy. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I know we're getting close on time. Let's continue. It says, Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Does God, he'll speak in anger and yet he still love himself. There are things that displease him. And yet you and I can please him each and every day by this faith. Now let's continue. It says in the sixth verse, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. This is Jesus. I will declare the decree. And this is Jesus speaking. The Lord has said to me, You are my son. This day have I begotten you. Now he's speaking as to a son. Are you and I sons? Yes, we are. If we receive him. And he says, Ask of me and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. So he's talking, he's going over the top of these rulers that seemingly are leading this earth. And he's saying, I'm going to go round about them and I'm talking to my kids now. Kids, I want you to hear me. I want you to listen. I'm giving you. When you get something as a gift, it's not because you worked to get it. You stood in line. You opened your hands. You said, yeah, thanks, Dad. All right. Okay. That's it. He said, I'm giving you nations for your inheritance. Ends of the earth. That's the stuff for your possession. People are not to be possessed. The things are. People are to be inherited. And he's graciously and freely giving I receive it God is giving us in this ministry peoples nations who are coming to God and he's allowing us to have part in them coming to him by this ministry well that he has that for you he has that for your you might think I don't preach and teach that's that doesn't mean you don't have ministry that doesn't mean people on a job aren't going man how in the world do they do that oh my there's something they got that I don't and I want it Yes, He has that for us. And He continues and says, Ask of me and I'll give them to you. Are you and I asking? Humility asks. Pride demands. Ah, thank you, Lord. Asking in confidence. That can be seen as a demand. But pride assumes it's mine and will... Well, well, we don't have time for that. We'll come back to that. He goes on and says, You shall break them. Who? These rulers that are opposing God and opposing those who are God's. You'll break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Is humility weak? No. Humility taps into the greatest strength that is possible. And what is God's is then at your disposal. And you're able to put to work what is the most powerful in this earth. That is the humble way. It's God's way. And he continues and says, You'll break them, you'll dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O you kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. 
serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. We see the same thing what by by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. He continues and says, Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed, blessed, I don't think you heard me, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. This is humility, my friends. Those that put their trust in him will do it his way. And as you and I do, we will be blessed today. We love you. We pray we hear more from you. We'll see you soon. Praise the Lord. Bless you.